the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. It is Friday, February 16th, 2024. In about an hour, we have our conversation with South County businessman and I think likely supervisor candidate. That's just my opinion. Adam Verdon. I remind you we will be away on Monday, but we invite you to enjoy a best of Dave. Tom Folks joins us on Tuesday wearing his hat of uh, chair of the Democratic Party in the county. Eric Gorham will... Give us the Republican perspective on Thursday as we take you up to the March primary. Uh, This hour, it's been a little while since we discussed high-speed rail. But let me remind you what the L.A. Times reports. California's high-speed rail may still be a matter of debate in some political circles, but it's fast becoming a reality for residents of the Central Valley. This heavily farmed region, historically separated from Los Angeles, San Francisco, and the California coast by both conservative politics and physical distance, is first in line to benefit from an infrastructure project being built with tens of billions of dollars in state and federal funding. I also remind you of the poll that shows that Californians support the idea of high-speed rail. 56% in favor, 35% opposed, the rest are undecided. High-speed rail definitely has a big advocate in our next guest as we welcome Larry number two today. Here's our good friend, Dr. Larry Martinez. Larry, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Dr. Dave. How are you, sir? Just fine. Uh, If my voice sounds a little rough, it's because we're heading into the high pollen season. I had a Wonderful bike ride today on uh, Mountain Drive, you know, from Santa Barbara into Montecito and back. But I'll tell you, all of the beautiful plants now are blooming, and the pollen is heavy in the air. One more reason to stay inside and listen to Hometown Radio. Yes, that's right. That's right. One more reason to listen to the Dave Congleton Show. So where are we on the high-speed rail? This has begun. They're, they're, They're building it as we speak in the Central Valley. Yeah, they're building it, and uh, what they are now anticipating is that the uh, uh, one of one of the big stretches that will come online in about five years. So about the year 2030, uh, we should have a stretch between Merced and Bakersfield, and so this is going to link up Fresno and the cities there between Merced and Bakersfield. And so <clears throat> it takes a long time to build this very complex system. But uh, once it's in, uh, you're going to see uh, some real uh, uh, changes in the economy of the area. At the rate we're going, the only way I'm going to ride that train is with my casket. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, it reminds me of when my wife and I, when Kathy and I were, were redoing the, our kitchen, you know, last, uh, last uh, uh, summer and into fall. It takes three times longer than you'd think. You know, no matter what the contractor says about renewing and redoing your kitchen, 
just triple the time and double the price, and you may be somewhat close. And so it was terrible. I mean, we had a refrigerator in the living room. We had our microwave in the living room. We couldn't use the kitchen and all that stuff. But now, once it's done, it's fantastic. You know, the, the kitchen's wonderful. And you sort of forget about all the pain and suffering you went through. I remember we, we, uh, we lost the use of our washer-dryer. And so we learned a whole new circle of friends at the laundromat here <laughs> on State Street in Santa Barbara. And so you go through all that pain building big infrastructure, uh, and you tend to forget about it once it's all done and you are enjoying then the fruits of your labor. But the critics would come back to you, Larry, and say, yeah, but on your kitchen remodel, you paid for it. I didn't pay for it. I don't want to pay for your kitchen remodel. And these people are saying they don't want to pay for a train they'll never use. Well, except that uh, the state of California is very dependent on its uh, agriculture. And agriculture has been, and especially the Central Valley, has been neglected in terms of infrastructure development. Uh, infrastructure development tends to go where the votes are and where the political support is strongest. And in California, we have a schizophrenic state uh, because uh, you have a very blue uh, line of high-density population right along the coast, and so they always vote Democratic. And then you move 50 miles inland, and it flips to become a very, very strong Republican stronghold, and which is typical these days of rural areas. And uh, what the Republicans in many, in many rural states are complaining about is the lack of attention from the federal government as well as their state governments. And in the state of California, if you look at the Central Valley, uh, they have been suffering uh, neglect, uh, largely because Republicans typically did not favor big government, and in order to finance a big project like high-speed rail, you need big government. But once the infrastructure is in, can you imagine the Central Valley without the interstate uh, freeway? Can you imagine the Central Valley without uh, 99? Uh, both of those are overwhelmed these days. Uh, nothing is... Listen, Dave, you know, the main thing to keep in mind, especially to all your listeners who are now suffering uh, as they drive their cars through the bottleneck there of Shell Beach Drive off-ramp, you know, Craig must get really bored talking about the bottleneck on Shell Beach Drive. Well, it's because driving is so awful these days. It is just awful. And um, we have a, a situation where... Uh, prices are up on gasoline. You have higher prices now for auto insurance, and you have clogged roads, and there's really no way of uh, improving this situation. But high-speed uh, rail isn't going to change that on the Central Coast. No, it won't, because uh, basically because of the geography. Now, what they want to do, and this is, this is really uh, wonderful, actually, Kathy, my wife Kathy has to go down uh, to the USC Medical Center uh, once a month, and we, we started off driving, and then we started looking, and the rail schedule is fantastic. Uh, she can go down in the early morning from Santa Barbara. She gets off at Union Station in L.A. Uh, there's a shuttle bus over to the USC Medical Center. She takes the shuttle bus back to the Union Station, and she's back in Santa Barbara, calm, rested, 
no sweat, no no cares, compared to you know gripping the steering wheel through early morning traffic on the uh, you know the 134 freeway between the 405, 101, and as you get over to the uh, five and the Arroyo Seco to get down to USC, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible, and it's dangerous. Right. Uh, high-speed rail offers even people on the coast. And, you know, what was really amazing uh, as I was waiting for Kathy's train to arrive is that I was waiting in Santa Barbara. It was, uh, you know, in January. Uh, it was already dark. But there was a woman there, and I started talking to her. She was in her 60s, and she was holding her bicycle, and she had taken the train down that morning from Grover Beach. I don't know where she got on. Maybe it was Grover Beach. She got on Grover but Beach. She got on, she got on the train with her bicycle, came down to Santa Barbara, rode her bike through Santa Barbara, enjoyed the day on her bicycle, and then she was about to get on the, uh, the train there in Santa Barbara with her bike to go back up to Grover Beach. And she didn't have to hassle the cars, all the accidents on San Marcos Pass Road, all the accidents at Los Alamos, all the accidents up and down the coast as crazy drivers kill us. I mean, literally are killing us in these high-speed, huge horsepower vehicles. And just look at all the people's lives that have been snuffed out. Uh, needlessly because of uh, idiot drivers out there when you can sit in the train go down to LA go to the medical center come back your your blood pressure isn't up you haven't suffered in all the traffic and in the Central Valley let me tell you if you drive I-5 I-5 is terrible because of all the semi-trailers and they're all passing each other there's only two lanes in each direction, and it is awful. All right, it let me, is awful. Let me get this break in. Dr. Larry Martinez, I just wish Larry would take a position. I have no idea how he feels on this issue. We'll come back and tar- talk more about high-speed rail. This is the Dave Congleton Show. All aboard as we talk with Dr. Larry Martinez, passionate defender of high-speed rail in California, part of the 56% of Californians who support it. Uh, Larry, as we come back to you, though, in the first segment, you talked about economic benefits to the Central Valley. How does the Central Valley and how, how do we benefit economically once this is up and running? Okay, agriculture is one of the biggest industries in California. It it contributes billions and billions to the total uh, 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 gross domestic product of the state of California, and it's world famous. Uh, for agriculture to uh, really succeed, it has to have uh, dependable infrastructure to get perishable products to their markets on time and uh, in a way that is uh, dependable and it is uh, resilient. Uh, If you have Thule fog in the Central Valley, that can paralyze car traffic. It can make it very, very dangerous to drive in the Central Valley with the Thule fog. And uh, high-speed rail is not affected by that. So if you're a farmer and you have to get your product to market quickly and uh, dependably, uh, it, uh, the more options you have. So if your trucks 
are not going to be dependable uh, uh, deliverers of your product that day because of weather conditions, isn't it nice if you could have an alternative? And so by having this infrastructure put in place, it then creates a capability that did not exist before that makes the economy of California more world-class competitive. If you look at other countries that have risen tremendously in the last few decades in terms of their economic world-class competitiveness, number one stands out as China. China started off as an incredibly, uh, let's say, backward country in terms of its infrastructure for lots of economic, historical, military, uh, and other factors. And what they have done has been to utterly transform the lives of over a billion people in the space of very few decades, largely through huge investments in infrastructure. And one of the biggest uh, factors that has uh, enhanced the Chinese ability to produce a product anywhere in the country and get it delivered to its uh, consumer uh, on a timely fashion is the use of their high-speed rail infrastructure. Hmm. And they are extending the Belt and Road Initiative from China all the way to Europe. They are extending it from China all the way into Africa. And so uh, the United States realized in the 19th century that to bring this country together, it required a rail link between the East and the West. And this was accomplished. You know, we have the picture of Promontory Point, Utah, and the Golden Spike that joined the, uh, the two uh, rail systems. But this was a huge undertaking by the federal government to bring the country together to create the basis for the industrial revolution in the United States that it would not only occur on the East Coast, but that this industrial revolution would occur throughout the country, including California on the West Coast. Greg checks in on the Stolberg text line. Greg writes, when the train tracks we ride were laid, the roads were dirt. Now the highways are four to six lanes of smooth pavement, pavement, and we still only have one line of train tracks. It's time to catch up. Absolutely. Uh, and this is, uh, and, and um, uh, we were just talking about coastal California. One of the big problems is the coastal erosion. And uh, the Los Angeles Times regularly reports on sections of the rail network right along the coast that are in danger of collapse because of the erosion of the coastline due to uh, the uh, changes in sea level and and so forth. And so, uh, for instance, between Santa Barbara and Los Angeles, one of the big things they need to do is to put in a second rail line there so you can run two trains simultaneously in opposite directions. This would tremendously facilitate scheduling that would more closely meet uh, commercial uh, customers' needs as well as the traveling public's needs. And uh, you just had in San Luis Obispo um, 
uh, we, we watch Huel Hauser all the time, uh, and uh, the re, the replaying of, uh, for instance, in the, I, I believe it was 1997 when they celebrated the railroad, uh, the uh, the hundredth anniversary of the railroad coming over Cuesta Grade. Imagine San Luis Obispo back in the 19th century without a rail connection. Uh, it would be uh, tremendously uh, uh, economically uh, disadvantaged. Uh, how would Hearst have brought the building materials for Hearst Castle uh, except by rail? Randy on the text line wants to know, what about the Hyperloop? Well, the Hyperloop is, uh, there are some really, really interesting technologies out there that are possible with uh, 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 a train infrastructure. These have been tried out for uh, many, many decades. In Germany, uh, Germany has a very, very well-developed uh, railroad infrastructure as they were one of the pioneering countries in developing uh, engines and uh, rail uh, connections and so forth. Um, and so you have, for instance, Germany developed what's called the magnetic levitation, maglev. Magnetic levitation uses superconducting magnets uh, that are uh, in, uh, you know, north and south polar opposites to each other. You know, when you have two magnets and when you have north and south or two north and two south and you try to press the, the two ends of the magnet of uh, the two magnets together, they repul they repulse each other. Well, you can use that repulsive force uh, in order to raise up the train, and so uh, by riding on magnetic fields, so you don't even have wheels touching a rail anymore, but rather you have magnetic fields levitating the train. The Germans built this uh, about 40 years ago. And, uh, however, it was so expensive, they, they could not uh, build it and, and uh, run it in Germany, except on a small test track. But uh, who did uh, buy it and installed it was uh, Shanghai, China. And so today, in one of the biggest cities in the world, you can have, uh, at over uh, 200 miles an hour, you can get on a maglev train in downtown Shanghai that takes you out to the airport over twice as fast as the normal high-speed rail in uh, China. I've taken that train, not the maglev train, I've taken the regular train, which takes about an hour, but if you take the maglev, it cuts the time to less than half. All right, we're in conversation with Dr. Larry Martinez talking about high-speed rail giving us the very latest about what's happening here in California. Off we go. We've got California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig has all the latest in time-saver traffic and weather together. We'll continue our conversation with Larry. Read some more of these text messages and welcome your phone calls as well. Californians support high-speed rail 56% to 35%. Where are you on the issue? We'll find out.
Glad to have you with us. Uh, Adam Verdon, South County businessman, is going to join us here at the 6 o'clock hour. I remind you, we will not be here on um, Monday because of the holiday, but we'll be back with you on Tuesday. We'll talk about the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. And uh, Tom Folks will be here giving us a local perspective on the upcoming election. Dr. Larry Martinez is our guest this hour talking about high-speed rail. Californians support it 56% to 35%. Some interesting articles in both the Los Angeles Times and calmatters.org. If you want in on the conversation, join us, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Feel free to send in a text message. Hello. First caller is Alan in San Luis on KVEC. Hey, Alan. Hey, Dave. Hey, doctor. Hey, Alan. Now, uh, several things. One is we did have double track even here on the Central Coast for a long time. Because of collisions that occurred at Foothill, they ended up taking the track out. Uh, There's a lot of infrastructure just on this local line that I don't know how much we can get Union Pacific to move on to upgrade the tracks and bring in, for example, tilt trains to travel faster. I know we have the tunnels up the up the hill, and I don't know if they can handle double track up there. But yeah, we need to fix this part. That's I have several points. Well, but hang on, hang on, one. hang on, one at a time. That's why I'm doing that. All right, thank you, Larry. Uh, is there a question there, or or? <laughs> well, no, I mean, that part was the comment about we used to have double track and we could have it again. So, what's your question, Alan? Okay. I think the big concern is with the high-speed rail. When it was originally proposed, I got the idea it was only for passenger traffic, not freight. Was it originally in the, uh, proposed to handle freight as well? Larry? Well, it can be used for any uh, uh, traffic you want to put on it because it's the standard gauge. So uh, any train that's built can run on this uh, line that they're putting in. Uh, for high-speed, yeah. Uh, what you need is to have, as you were mentioning, you have to have some kind of a technology or when you build the rail, you have to build it to uh, accommodate the higher speeds of the trains. And so that, in, that involves uh, technologies about uh, how you have the switching, the, uh, how the rails are joined, how you accommodate for expansion of the rails due to heat mm-hmm. uh, and so forth. And so uh, if you have slow trains, I remember taking, you know, Amtrak from Oakland down to San Luis Obispo, and they said we hit our, our cruising speed of 50 miles an hour there, uh, you know, in the Salinas Valley. It was straight, but, uh, you know, the, the rail was not built for high-speed uh, train travel. Uh, this high-speed rail will accommodate anything because of standard gauge. So it it comes down to the uh, scheduling and how many rails do you have, how many trains can you accommodate by the number of rails and so forth uh, that can take a train going north and one train going south and so forth. So I think that that is going to be the big consideration. Alan. Yeah, my big concern here, well, first of all, are they planning maglev for the uh, stretch inland? No, I don't. I don't believe there's any maglev uh, under development right now in California. Okay, so it's not really the high speed that we wanted. I think the biggest complaint was the price went up so much. People were thinking, well, they lied to us. They said it would be X, and now it's triple that or whatever. I have a couple of text messages on the Stolberg line saying the same thing. 
So yeah, the cost is <clears throat> was way way above what they initially said in Proposition One A when that was presented to the voters. And of course, we have inflation. We have uh, unanticipated or. There was a over optimistic portrayal of the project, but let but let's keep everything in uh, in uh, let's say uh, context because how much did um, Elon Musk pay for Twitter? Okay, he paid forty four billion dollars for Twitter. Uh, the high speed rail will be about twice Twitter. But again, this is my money, not Elon Musk's. That's it. Why couldn't we have done a public-private partnership in the first place to help? To well, why cost? didn't we build this? Uh, uh, you know, sixty years ago. Uh, the 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 thing is, is that uh, at at some point, the costs of not building it mm-hmm. uh, are yeah. so uh, overwhelming as as opposed to you know what it's going to cost to do it. Yeah. Then, uh, then you proceed. Uh, right. It's 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 similar to looking at other big infrastructure. Uh, imagine the San Francisco Bay Area if they were deciding today to build BART, you know, to build an under the bay uh, rapid transit uh, rail uh, network in the Bay Area today. Can you imagine what the cost would be? And the but public luckily, debate. they built it 60 years ago. All right, let's move on. Now, Alan, thanks for the call. 805-543-8830, 800-549-5832. Bob is in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Bob. Yeah, I have two points to make. One is if, if you gave uh, transportation planners and advocates for public transportation $128 billion, which would be like yeah, a, a huge windfall, and ask them what they're going to spend it on, you're going to hear everything except high-speed rail. It's sucking the money away that can be used to lessen congestion in cities. The freeways in L.A. are not going to get any wider, but they have a median down the middle, and like they do on the um, 10 freeway. You can do things like that and have a lot of benefit. Uh, no one's going to be riding high-speed rail. Not not many people are going to be riding high-speed rail between Bakersfield and, and Fresno. And my second point is that, no, they cannot have uh, freight cars on those tracks. The the tracks, um, freight cars are very rough on railroad, tra- railroad tracks. They would have to be completely redone so that they wouldn't damage the tracks which need to be of perfect quality for high-speed rail all right bob there's a lot there but we'll get through it thanks for the call larry go ahead and respond please yeah the high-speed rail the caller's quite right the high-speed rail requires a higher grade because you're accommodating trains that go a lot faster but as elon musk himself and there was an earlier caller about one of the other technologies um uh if you if uh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to move cargo faster? And if you did have a higher quality cargo carrying train, is that it could go faster and make that, for instance, the point I was making is, wouldn't it be nice if you could get agricultural products quicker to their markets? And the remember, the high-speed rail is not just between Merced and Bakersfield, 
the ultimate goal is actually a complete infrastructure from uh, not only San Francisco Bay Area down to Los Angeles, San Diego, but incorporating also uh, the uh, rail lines north through Oregon all the way up to Seattle. And so there is a need on the West Coast to replicate what they already have on the East Coast, which is where you can get uh, into Union Station, Washington, D.C., and a few hours later on a high-speed rail link uh, get off the train in Boston. And so uh, why shouldn't the West Coast have, with our highly dense populations, uh, the same capability that they have on the East Coast? The other part that uh, Bob was arguing is that he's skeptical that people, you can build it, but will they come? Will they ride? Well, if you look at people on the East Coast, they would find it very difficult to imagine life on the East Coast without that rail infrastructure. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. As we're in conversation with Dr. Larry Martinez, giving us a very latest about high-speed rail in California. On the Stolberg line, I'll uh, condense this down. Listeners asking what will happen to high-speed rail if Trump is reelected. Would the Trump administration try to kill this? Well, the Trump administration showed in its first tenure in office a antagonism to California. And so uh, it's very likely that this would be one area where the Trump administration could punish politically California by withholding the federal matching funds uh, for the high-speed rail. Uh, next text on the Stolberg line. Listener is wondering why high-speed rail wasn't put in next to Highway 5. Interesting question. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the whole politics of where do you put a uh, big infrastructure project such as a new interstate freeway or a high-speed rail uh, becomes very, very, uh, uh, let's say, uh, a mix between politics and economics. Uh, and I saw this firsthand in Germany because there was a very big discussion about which cities would get the high-speed rail stops uh, on the schedule between Frankfurt Airport and Munich as it goes through Stuttgart. And uh, there were two cities, Karlsruhe and Heidelberg, that were uh, in political competition with each other to be designated as getting more high-speed trains. When you're at Frankfurt Airport, there's a high-speed train leaving for Munich every hour. And so it's just literally clockwork. And so you have to look carefully at the schedule to see which train stops at Heidelberg and which train stops at uh, Karlsruhe or Mannheim. And so um, the because every stop you make makes the overall train uh, travel uh, for the entire distance longer. And so they want to, uh, let's say, be very, very specific in which trains then meet the consumer needs uh, for where the stop should be. Also on the text line, the Stolberg text line, Charles is following up with Bob. What about the point of transportation priorities? What kind of transportation priorities should we have for high-speed rail? Well, this is something that ultimately is a function of representative government. 
we the people, we the voters, we elect our representatives. The representatives uh, meet in legislatures at the states and then in the U.S. Congress, and they pass the laws that tell the federal government and the state governments what to support. And so if there's going to be a public-private partnership, and there is because the rail depends on its uh, fulfilling the needs of its public, and so we set the uh, standards for that. We set the standards, for instance, in our representatives on how much we pay at the gas pump in taxes. Uh, if, if the taxes go too high, uh, those people in uh, political office are going to suffer the, just like the uh, parking fees in San Luis Obispo. I heard that was a political thing. Yeah, it definitely was. All right, Larry Martinez is with us, getting the very latest on what is happening, not happening with the high-speed rail here in California. We'll come back for a funnel segment on KVEC. We've got a little bit of time left with Dr. Larry Martinez. We've been talking about high-speed rail, but if you want in on the conversation, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. Larry, let's uh, blast through a couple more of these text messages on the Stolberg line. I'll condense the first one. The listener is reminding us about all the mountains surrounding Los Angeles and the challenge that is having for engineers. Is that going to delay the project even more? Well, of course, it, it makes it more expensive because you have to go through the mountains. But as, uh, for instance, the BART system in the Bay, San, San Francisco Bay Area, uh, many mountains in the uh, Bay Area, uh, the BART system uh, initially was thought to be uh, perhaps vulnerable to earthquakes. We've had earthquakes. The BART system came through with flying colors. Right. And so I think, uh, all, you know, it, uh, it has proved itself. We go to Mark in San Luis. Hey, Mark. Hi. Hi. I, I've talked to engineers who were part of the planning of that system, and it was very poorly planned. They've had to redo footings and other things that just didn't go well because in the beginning you had the legislators, the unions, and and uh, the uh, contractor all involved in the planning. So the estimation now is one thirty one thirty billion one thirty billion, and some people are estimating up to two hundred and twenty five billion. But uh, my question is, Larry, when you look at the economics down there, and you look at a lot of that is lower economic people in that area. Have have, have they done any studies? I I I don't see the California government what's being the on question? the right side. Mark, what's the question? The question is, is it even going to be feasible once it's done? Because you mean, who's are people, the, who's are gonna people ride, going who's to gonna use ride? the system once it's finished? Yeah. Well, I, I believe, yes, they will. They will use it because, uh, as I was uh, very vociferously uh, saying uh, at the beginning of the show today, is that uh, our other transportation alternatives are not nearly as, uh, let's say, consumer-friendly if you look at uh, car travel today and the high cost in terms of delays, uh, prices, and so forth, and also the experience most people have, which is largely negative, of flying uh, today, is that, uh, and especially for shorter distances, let's say between Los Angeles, San Diego, or between Fresno, Bakersfield, 
is that uh, I think high-speed uh, rail or an alternative will be a, 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 an attractive option for some people. What else, Mark? Well, my point is, if the cost goes to 200 or over, and they have to charge, it could be an extremely high amount to ride that, and, and the cost to maintain that system is going to be huge. You're going to have, you know, a lot of factors in there. I, I just don't know, Larry. I don't know with California. Uh, California starting to run out of money. Uh, we seem to be on the decline uh, on the money end of things. So it, it's going to be interesting, and I hope it doesn't turn out to be a boondoggle for us. Anyway. I appreciate the call, Mark. Thank you very much. Any comment you want to make, Larry, before the next call? No, no. Mark's Mark's completely uh, correct uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, you know, it is a big, a lot, uh, a lot of money. But imagine the East Coast without high-speed rail, all right. uh, and that uh, those people uh, use it all the time. And it uh, it may not pay for itself completely. It requires some government subsidies, but so too in Europe, China, Japan, they're all subsidized. Paul's in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Paul. Hello, Larry. Hey, hey, Larry. Uh, you said that. Uh, that uh, link between uh, uh, Merced and Bakersfield is not going to be done until 2030. Now, I looked at the map while you were talking, and it's, it shows that this high-speed rail is going to go all the way from Los Angeles to San Francisco. So by the time they connect everything, how, what year do you think it's going to be? Well, if I knew that, uh, uh, I think it's going to uh, take uh, probably longer than what they're projecting. And so it's probably going to be 2040 before uh, the complete system is, is put in. But, um, you know, I, I don't have any crystal ball that gives me an accurate uh, prediction. Paul? Do they currently have rail service between, like, Merced and and uh, San Francisco? Are they working on something there? or you know, because I, I, I saw that they have, and I, this surprised me, that they have rail service between uh, Los Angeles and, and Sanford and uh, Bakersfield. So do they have something similar in Northern California? How far does it extend into the valley from San Francisco, do you know? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, uh, I don't really know all the uh, routes that, uh, 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 let's say, passenger rail uh, because we have passenger rail, and then we also have uh, cargo uh, uh, rail. And so I don't know that uh, specifically. Sorry, Paul. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Last call goes to Scott up in Cambria. Hey, Scott. Hi, Dave. Hi, Scott. Hi. Uh, I got the guest name. This is Larry. Uh, okay. I've just heard you say a couple of times from Fresno to Bakersfield, for the high-speed train, but I, I'm not sure why you need a high-speed train to go like 109 miles. Can you hear that, Larry? Yeah, I, well, the high-speed uh, rail option is uh, largely to give uh, the traveling public an alternative to air uh, travel or car travel. And so if you have a train that does approximately uh, 200 miles an hour, is that, and if you added up the fact that when you get on a high-speed train, you're at the center of the city, so you could be in Oakland or San Francisco, and uh, a couple, uh, you know, depending on how many stops, you could then be in Los Angeles, 
uh, and in a period of time that is competitive with air. Because remember, with air, you got to drive to the airport. You fly to San Francisco. You're not in San Francisco. You're at SFO, and you have to take <laughs> you have to take BART or the the rail from SFO to get into downtown San Francisco, which also takes time. Yeah, yeah if it stops every hundred miles. Yeah, and that's and and the issue there is as I was, as I was relating the example from Germany is that it, it means that you have a, a high-speed rail. It only stops at the major uh, stops, usually on a one-hour cadence. All right. All right, Scott, we've got to leave it at that. We are out of time. Should we be concerned? i got a minute, Larry. Should we be concerned about the Russians going up in outer space with this nuclear-powered device? Uh, it's an old story. Uh, this has been something that's been around since the uh, Reagan administration with Strategic Defense Initiative. And Edward Teller, uh, and you can see him portrayed very accurately in the Oppenheimer film, was a leading uh, advocate for using nuclear weapons in outer space in order to defeat other uh, uh, countries' satellites. The problem is, how do you contain the explosive effects of a nuclear explosion in outer space? And so no one has ever come up with a, um, let's say, a, a feasible strategy for, uh, for doing that kind of a military uh, operation. We can all sleep well at night. Dr. Larry Martinez, always a pleasure. Thank you for a high-speed hour. <laughs> Good job. Thank you, sir. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Back with a conversation with Adam Verdon, South County businessman, possible county supervisor candidate. One never knows. Take a listen and see what you think. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Wazy. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.